0: Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. Alright, welcome back to another show. Uh, So if you're listening to this episode on a Tuesday, this is your absolute last day to enter the contest for the $25 Amazon gift card. Today is the last day. Uh, after this episode wednesday we will look to see who has uh, subscribed on youtube who has uh, was it liked us on uh, like the facebook page yep and i think there was one more shared yep. yes they, you had oh you had to you had to follow us yes on a podcast platform so yep. whether that be apple podcast or spotify you got to follow us on one of those so it's YouTube subscribe, Facebook page, like, and you have to follow us or subscribe to us on a uh, podcast platform, which for 65% of you, that's going to be Apple. Yeah. Um, Again, as we know, and this is kind of our way to spark the, the handshake agreement that we have with all of you. Um, We provide a whole bunch of free content for you because we enjoy doing it. And in exchange, you guys like subscribe, follow, and share. And, Cost you nothing, but that is our handshake agreement with you, the listener. And like we said, we put it all out for free. You get to listen to it as much as you want, and that's the deal. All right. So we have a guest here for a very, very um it's gonna be a sensitive topic for a lot of men out there. Women, if you're listening, appreciate you listening. You're uh you might you might gain some insight into the men's mind in this episode. Uh, what his
1: of the men's body. Right.
0: Spot. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> as, as, as much as you want to dive into this. Um,
2: oh, we'll talk about them too. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, we, we have Luke from a, uh, a therapist, a Buddhist and you, the podcast we've been mentioning on this show for the last two to three weeks, uh, friends of ours. Um, I think I've known you for at least five years now. Sounds right. Approximately, I don't remember Pre, the date. It was definitely pre-COVID. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well before that. Well, yeah. Um, and he recently started a podcast with with uh, his his friend Zama, who is the Buddhist. And that, if you couldn't figure out by the names, we don't want to stereotype, but that sounds that is a straight up Buddhist mm-hmm. name.
2: He's 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 the real McCoy. He's yeah. the real
0: deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what's the what's the website? That,
2: so, uh, I also own a therapy practice holistic practice in annapolis maryland called the recovery it's recovery collective md.com
0: gonna have you pull the mic a little bit closer yeah
2: so if you google recovery collective annapolis or the website's recovery collective md.com
0: and uh the the podcast is a a therapist a buddhist and you um all plas- all podcast platforms
2: Are you guys on youtube or no not yet eventually
0: are you guys going to do video?
2: We are with the idea of using it for short form for YouTube Reels and TikTok. That's that's a goal for this year for sure. Free content, man.
0: <laughs> TikTok is uh, I think uh, I don't know what to make of it. Like everyone the government's starting to ban it. Like state governments already put the ban on it. Yeah. Federal government's about to put the ban on it. Mm. I mean, it's like
1: it's just for their devices that like for their
0: only for federal, federal and state devices. Yeah. So, like, yes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Part of me won't say it's the devil, but uh, then and then there's the whole like connection to. They say it's a spot like the Chinese government spying, and
2: I don't, I don't know like if that's the case or not, but. Or is it because the government wants to do their own propaganda? Yeah. <laughs> when well,
0: there's, well, there's that, well, I think what the major problem was they were saying that because China, the state of China. State, country, whatever you want to call it, but the the Communist Party controls the algorithm for that app, and therefore they can feed you whatever sure. content they want, mm-hmm. depending on where you are in the world. So basically, what they're saying is that someone in, on mainland China is a, a a young man or a young boy in mainland China is going to see videos about masculinity. Mm-hmm. They're going to see you know, chopping wood, uh, building fires. Um, feats of strength right and in the US they're going to feed the the same age young man they're going to feed them videos about uh, prettiness and femininity sure toxic
1: masculinity well
0: exactly and maybe they're they're putting like videos out to men and women young people that age about toxic toxic masculinity to put that idea in people's heads and I think they're more worried about that than, you know, what data they're collecting. Because let's face facts. Everyone's got your data now. Sure. Yeah. Cookies. Yeah. I mean, Facebook knows where I am at mm-hmm. all points of the day. Just by having the phone on me, Um, it, it the amount of data that Facebook collects is crazy.
2: Yeah, they know where you're scrolling when when you're on their, their, their pages.
1: And don't they know, like, how long you're looking at things? Yes. So, like, if you pause on something for a while, it'll say, oh, okay, this guy's interested in yeah. this. And then they continue to... F- and the thing is, like, part of me said, like, say, oh, it's manipulating the mind and all this stuff. But then also, like, if I'm really into cars, which I am, and I pause on videos that have to do with cars, and they give me more car videos, I'm not really that upset with that.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, um, it's kind of like, well, I'm in, like, uh, like a Chevy forum mm-hmm. on Facebook. Not a forum. I'm in a Chevy group on Facebook. Because I look at that group quite a bit, they show me more of the posts from that group. Whereas groups I haven't looked in, they don't really show me those posts. So it's almost like I'm not even in the group at all. Yeah. Um, and it's because I even if I hover, over, like if I don't click on it, even if I just hover on it Time. or over it, um, like if I'm hovering over uh, uh, a meme, I'll get more memes in my feed. So and they'll feed you another one like it. Yes, yeah, it's weird like that. Like, mm-hmm. to, I, I kind of wish they didn't do that, but at the same time, like you said, well, if I like Chevy, yeah, and I'm in a Chevy group, maybe I want to see more Chevy stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, how do I get exposed to different things that I may like mm-hmm. if they're not going to put it in my timeline and they're the ones deciding what goes in there? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I like the old portion where it was like. It was more, you saw more of what your friends posted. But now it's, I I swear, I I get more, I get so much of the groups and ads now. It's very few of what my friends post.
1: And I think, I think people are posting a lot less. Mm -hmm. And, because I, so I left Facebook for a considerable amount of time. And then I came back to it. Um. It's kind of hard to buy and sell stuff on Marketplace (laughs) when you've got a burner account with two friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, not today, ISIS, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Better join those groups. (laughs) Um, So I had to, like, kind of, like, come back. And then the experience from where I left in... I think I stopped using it. Yeah, I gave it up for Lent in 2019. Till now, it's been much different. Like, then it used to be, like, friends arguing about stupid stuff and posts and posts and politics and just... Then there's always everyone has that friend that just like, you know, got up for
0: breakfast today. Uh-huh. Good job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me too. Hey, Took the poop. Good I'm job. If they breakfast. if they post the, what they ate for breakfast, though, I'm cool with that. I'm down with the food porn. I swear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: like even though I can't, I'm not eating it anymore. Especially if you're in I still Greece, like looking at it. If you're in Greece or France, I'd love to see
0: it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like I want to know. I, I want. I, I don't know why. Like, I I know I'm not there on the vacation with somebody, but I still like to see the pictures of it. It's like what what like. Why do people watch, like, a National Geographic show on Greece? Because they want to see pictures of Greece. Yeah. That's why, I mean, if my buddy went to Greece, like, if you go to Greece, post the damn pictures. I want to see what it looks like. Yeah. I ain't going. Right. Not not now. I mean, who knows? I mean, my wife want, really wants me to get over to Europe, and we all know how I feel about flying. <laughs> it's a lot of flying. That's a different topic, though, <laughs> right? That's another pod. Maybe we, Who knows? Maybe that goes into my mental issues. We'll, yes. we'll find out today, maybe. You didn't know you were coming to work. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dig deep into this yeah. brain. Um, so anyways, uh, I mean, this kind of flow, flows in well to mental health because obviously the social media platforms, whether, we wanna, whether people want to believe it or not or whether they think it's to the extent that it is or not, it is going to screw with people's minds. And it's done on purpose. And anyone who's watched that documentary, The Social Dilemma, mm. got the back, got the the, the the backroom insight into, yes, in fact, they're doing this.
2: Yeah, if that doesn't scare you a little bit.
0: It scares me a lot. Yeah. But the one that scared me more was the Edward Snowden stuff. And that mm-hmm. guy has been swept way under the rug because mm-hmm. he's still chilling in Russia. Although, how's that working out for him right now <laughs> with that going on? Because that country may not mm-hmm. exist in another six months mm. if they keep going the way they're going. At least, according to the news, the news says they're <laughs> losing. Who knows what's going on? Yeah, um, but that guy, and it, it got so little media attention about how much the United States government is, or ha- I shouldn't say is, has the capability of seeing what you do.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of that, that mm-hmm. the big, the big companies, the Google, the Facebook, all those, they they can know where your eyes are going. They can track your eyes. Yeah. I'm good if you know where my finger's going. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I know where my eyes are. I'm a little bit worried
0: about that. The only thing is, though, if they know where you, even if they know where your eyes are, when you look up and away from the phone, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess they have the ability to turn on the, the forward-facing camera mm-hmm. to see what it is you're looking at. But I think... A little too so, big brotherish for me. Well, well, the other thing is, like, that's a lot of data. Like think about it, 360 million people just in this country alone. You have to be actively looking for something in order to find it. For for lack of a better term, I mean, yes, they they could do like a uh, like a, a, a keyword search or whatever it is to say, okay, uh, all eyes pointed north or something, and they can pull things up by that. But you, you got to figure. Three hundred sixteen million people, you type in eyes facing north, now you got a million, it's still a huge amount of data you got to go through. Sure. So in order for them, and the way it's kind of been used is, and again, I don't know this for sure, um, by the way, I, I, I was told I need to say a disclaimer before every show, <laughs> that my view... My views are mine alone and not of my employer. Yeah. Okay. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: entertainment purposes only.
0: Yes, yeah. the entertainment purposes only. This is we have well, how many times have we told you this is not a factual fucking podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could be like, whatever I'm about to say could be hundred percent full of shit. Yeah. Although I think there's probably some truth in it. Because I know there is. Um <clears throat> But essentially, like the way the way they're going to catch you if you're doing anything nefarious and they cut it's kind of like the way they catch like the, the um, pedophiles and I, this is going to be, a, you know, we're going down a great path when I mentioned that, right? <laughs> they, they know they find out who to target with the AI, but they still have to go get you. Mm-hmm. And generally in court, the only thing that's going to be admissible is direct conversations. Mm. IP addresses are not admissible. So even if I'm talking with you one-on-one and they have my IP address and your IP address, mm. that is not enough to identify you or me in that conversation. Mm. Even if our names are on the damn thing.
2: Mm. So need the, they need the floppy disk is what they need. So
0: essentially what they do is they, they use that communication to bring you out into the light. Mm-hmm. And that's when they can get you. Because then, then they can prove it was you because you came forward. Now they can't prove that all those messages were yours, but they can, they can prove that you showed up and to the nefarious deed. Right. But because IP addresses cannot be used as identifiers, it really makes it tough for them to use it for anything other than just pure data and advertising. Now the federal government, on the other hand, if they're turning on your camera and they can see at you, well, then you're kind of fucked. Hmm. That's a that's a different ball game. Google's not doing that. Mm. They can, they're not doing that. Mm. Apple's not doing that. Apple wants to know more about you so they can make more money off mm. of you. Pure profit motive. The government and we've talked about this. how how many things does the government do right? <laughs> Nothing. There you go. <laughs> so thinking that they can use big data to get it to get anything correct probably not it's probably not happening Mm. to that level um can they use it to target sure Mm. but you've got to be on the radar like the new version of a wiretap pretty much Mm -hmm. Uh, because there's no wiretaps anymore yeah right well i shouldn't say that Mm. can they tap into your cell phone conversations probably but you're you're not going to tap into somebody's like you're not tapping into the payphone because the payphone doesn't freaking work yeah. anymore. Yeah, and most criminals are using burners, mm-hmm. so they're good for a week and then they're gone.
2: Yeah,
0: like anyone who watched the wire knows this. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, it was detailed in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like they
1: were not they? They were using pictures of things mm-hmm. to like say different. Like they cracked the code of the pictures. Like mm-hmm. what even was a picture of a stop sign? It meant a certain type of drug or a certain location so they would take pictures of locations and because
0: no one was really looking at the at the pictures so you could imagine though, and again we're going to steer this back to mental health imagine someone who believes that everybody's out watching them like i'm paranoid anyway to an extent and that stuff kind of bothers me a little bit but at the end of the day, I'm like, there's n- no one's looking at me. But someone else is going to be like, oh, shit, they're always looking at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's got to fuck with someone's head. And, I mean, we, we were talking the other day about one of your incidences. When I, that happened, like, years ago. Oh. Whew. Years ago. Uh, over 20 years
1: ago. So,
0: Good, well, Tell the story, because yeah, this so, is interesting.
1: So I, <laughs> mean a we were out. Me and my buddy were out in the on a farm, um, you know, just doing some uh trying to sight a rifle in. And somehow in my head I got it that what if downrange somewhere there was like a guy just walking through the woods and we hit him mm-hmm. and no one found him, but then all of a sudden they found him. And now like so it starts as like a little thought and then it becomes a... Intrusive thought. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you ruminate over it. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I think, you know, what I'll do, and this happens with all kinds of things, but I get myself like an actual physical reaction to it. Like, oh my God, they're like, they're outside my house right now, Mm -hmm. you know. And I I don't go do things like, you know, put tinfoil over my head and stuff like that. But, (laughs) you (laughs) you know, and then when I think, oh, that's ridiculous... I find ways to defeat the logical argument. So, um, you you know, like, oh, well, I, you know, we made sure that there's you know, our backs, we had a good backstop, everything was clear, but, but what if it bat ricocheted off of something? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, oh, well, no, it was a soft backstop. It's not ricocheting <laughs> off of anything. But what if there was a rock in there mm-hmm. <laughs> and it bounced? Mm-hmm. And... To So, it's almost like there's two factions inside. Like, one side is the logical side saying, okay, this is not realistic okay. for A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. But then the other side defeats A, defeats B, defeats, defeats all of those things. And there's always, like, a little thread of truth to it. It could
2: so. happen. Right. It it could. It, yeah. What if? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I have to be, like, super... Uh, vigilant because if I let the thought go then the bad thing's gonna happen
2: uh, gotcha. so
1: uh, and it, you know this is that's my thing and my wife can tell when I'm doing it she's okay. like she's like is everything all right I'm like, oh yeah everything's fine.
0: that side of the brain though is like Mike Tyson yeah <laughs> like, that's how powerful it is yeah like Mike Tyson is prime not Mike Tyson Buster Douglas yeah, yeah. this is like Mike Tyson everybody else <laughs> right and it's just it's just plowing through people. Eighteen year old Mike Tyson. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, like like we're talking first round knockout. Yeah. And it's that strong. Yeah. And it it, it, it if you can't work yourself out of it, man. It, it, days, it can go days. And I'll just be in a pissed mood mm-hmm. because I'm thinking about give something. me your give me your example so I'm uh, you guys obviously can relate yeah right. <laughs> so, so the the car one is a big one and we talked about we talked about it in a prior prior episode with the the new car or the old you the o4 Yukon 176 thousand miles I'm expecting this thing to be a ship ship box it's not I've driven the thing it drives fine but there's nothing major wrong with this thing but until I get it into a mechanic which is two weeks from now it is like for the last two weeks, it's all I've thought about. And the next two weeks is all I'm going to think about. And until that car gets into the mechanic and I know it's going to need some work, but until it comes back, my brain's not going to rest. Hmm. Like Mike Tyson is, is the car problems right now. Hmm. So like, the, and I go to, like, I go to therapy every month Okay, and he's the one telling me, he's like, yeah. What's his perspective? His perspective is to let the logic in. Okay. He goes, you know, your logic side, a hundred percent knows that the car is probably fine. And if it isn't, let's say it's not, he goes, there's nothing you can do about it for until it goes to the mechanic. Anyway, he goes, you stewing on it is going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. He goes, so why let it bother you until then?
2: Um, Okay, so so let the logic in to me is another way to say, what's the opposite of letting the logic in? Let the crazy in. You're holding on to what? Breathing? The obtrusive. Thought, right? <laughs> oh, okay. right? I'm not going <laughs> to use that word, but it's <laughs> a therapist. But yeah, it's like instead of letting the logic in, you're you're holding on to the obtrusive, the almost could be the level of obsessive where you guys are saying it. Right. And you can see my hand. Right. It's mm-hmm. like Ugh! the claw. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like the control. That's what you guys are permeating on and, and focusing on. So, we're going to need you
0: to dumb it all down. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is not your audience. Let me get rid of my psycho babble. Yeah. This is not your audience. This is this is a different level <laughs> <me get> down <laughs> of audience. That <laughs> That's actually got.
2: my people. I just, you know. <laughs> um, so,
0: it's okay if you use words
2: like crazy. All right, cool. Okay. All, right, all
0: right. Or insane. Right. Especially when you're
1: afraid of me. I'll, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, like those are the things that like, I've had to work on over the years. Um I've also had medical therapy as well. <laughs> um medication. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um so and I think we've said this. I'm on sertraline, Zol- which is Zoloft.
2: Yep. Um SSRI.
0: I, yep. yep. And so the weird part about this is, is I didn't think I didn't think SSRIs were bad until I started reading more up on them. Okay. And so we all, we all, and I kind of went down the, the rabbit hole after I watched that, uh, the Dope Sick show. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that, by the way?
2: I know it, all with, about with it. With Michael I, Keaton. I kind of lived that life in my, as an That's addiction, true. You, addiction you counselor. That's true. You probably all know about it. Yeah. So between intervention and those, I, I that was my daily life, and professional. Yeah.
0: So this is, an. I mean, another major pharmaceutical company. A lot of them push these SSRIs. Mm-hmm. They never mention how how uh, dependency works with those.
2: It changes the brain chemistry. Yes. So it changes that good, yeah.
0: And so I went off of it two years ago. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was September. There was no step down. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't really step down, though, from 25 milligrams. That's the lowest one. Mm-hmm. So you either got to cut it in half or you just go without it. Mm-hmm. The problem is without it, And I think this was because at that point I had been taking it for a couple of years.
2: Did you stay at the 25? Oh
0: yeah. We never, we never increased it. Um, I should say it was either it's 25 or 50. I don't remember which one, but we never, we never deviated from that number. Um, and then I went off it. I seemed fine for like a month or two, probably through December. But come like February, March, um, I started to get bad, bad panic attacks,
2: hmm.
0: like physically like
2: ones that you feel physically. Like Mike was talking about, like legit panic, not high anxiety panic attacks. Like,
0: yeah, at Hyper- least that's what I think they are. I mean, I, I could hyperventilation. So, so no hyperventilation. Okay, but uh, extreme tingling feelings down. That's a sign. Down both arms back. Mm-hmm. Um. And no, it was not a heart attack for all you people out there. Um,
2: <laughs> Panic attacks can look like a heart right.
0: Attack. So, but and it was it was like the uh, it was like a boot loop on a computer, like just keep rebooting, rebooting, rebooting. And so we were supposed to take a drive. We were going to go uh, camping down in Tennessee, down by Dollywood. Um, and I'm sure, like there were a couple times when I was driving the thing. I kind of got a little, uh, I want to say, I want to say motion sick, but I think it was motion sick at the time. So I was getting a little nervous driving the thing. I can get back to why that was happening later on, but so I was starting to get nervous when I was driving this thing to the point where like we went out for a camping trip and I literally couldn't come out of the camp. Like it was, it was two days of me just chilling out in the thing because I got freaked out over wind. Okay. And so, I had never been anywhere where there was like high winds mm-hmm. in this thing, and you're in a tin box. I mean, it, it's sure it's basically a big bus.
1: Well, it's but it's like a sail. I used to drive a mattress truck, it's like <laughs> coming across the Bay Bridge oh, empty. Hear yeah. those? Are those stories?
2: <laughs> tongue that intrusive, like, yeah. obsessive yeah. thoughts, right? Yeah.
0: But think about your house when there's a lot of wind and you hear noises, right? Oh, yeah. Well, now think about it. You're in a kind of like a tin box, and you hear them louder and louder, and you're worried that something's gonna. Crash into it and break something, and then you're not going to be able to get home. And then, so it spiraled from there. All right. So then, fast forward like another month from that, and we're supposed to go to Tennessee.
2: So you have that memory, yes, right, and then it's
0: triggered. Yep. Okay. Yes, and and so we ended up not going to Tennessee. We canceled it yeah. because I I literally couldn't sleep that night, mm-hmm. and when I woke up the next day, I was like, it, it like the, the 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 physical aspects of it never went away. Mm-hmm. So we just said, screw it. We're not going to go. We're not going. Um, now, luckily, since then, it's subsided. But I went back on the medicine. Mm-hmm. And so th- the reason why I'm telling the story is because when I was off the medicine is when it happened. Mm-hmm. And when I went back on, it has subsided since then. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't had it happen again. Even even with the memory still vivid of the windy day and situation, it doesn't seem to bother me. as I shouldn't say at all, but as much. Um, so that's why I, I do worry about the SSR, SSRI drugs. Cause I would be terrified to go off of this one again. Now I don't want to increase it, but I'd be terrified
2: to go off of it. Are you guys ready for some of my theories and philosophies? Absolutely. On? Yes. <laughs> it,
0: wait, are they conspiracies? That's really fun. Uh, no, no, these are a the disclaimer, right? Okay, right? In terms
2: of nothing's all or nothing, blah, 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 all that the, stuff.
0: Right. So no, this is not medical advice. Please talk to your doctor if you, you want know. medical advice. Okay.
2: Go Bingo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and I'm not diagnosing you guys. Right. <laughs> um, for a lot of people, psychopharmacology medications like SSRIs, paxil things like that, that can help with depression or anxiety, I try to relate it to, uh, for example, a vitamin for a lot of people. Meaning, if you look at it in terms of the medical model, high blood pressure, it's a different organ, right? Talking about the heart, talking about the brain for, for mental health. If you've got high blood pressure, you guys talk about your health mm-hmm. on this podcast. If you have high blood pressure, what are doctors going to give you?
1: Blood pressure meds?
2: Yeah, Yeah. and there's about 50 of them, literally. I'm on two
1: right now. Yeah, and and
2: most people are on two to four. Yeah. right. So that's often the first line of defense or offense. But what else helps you with high blood pressure? What else can you do?
1: Exercise.
2: Exercise, because what does that do? Um,
1: Gives you... It just improves your heart function. Your Literally, it's a yeah. muscle, right? So yeah.
2: exercise can affect your high blood pressure. What else can affect your high blood pressure? Not your garbage. Yeah, nutrition, <laughs> right? What you put in your body can affect your high blood pressure. Stress can affect high blood pressure. The environment, work, all these things. But what do we often do as a society? Just take a pill. Just take a pill, quick fix. So holistically, integratively, that's just one piece. But how many people take anxiety medication and still have anxiety? Yeah, depression. Still have depression, right? So there are very few wonder drug medications. For some people, there are. Like I have some clients that their anxiety is so in truth that they can't break that, and they aren't even able to process or talk without a medication. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a wonder drug. Some people are suicidal. They take a medication, don't have um, racing thoughts or all of a sudden. Medication, but for most people, I often look at these medications like a vitamin. Mm-hmm. A vitamin assists but isn't it the whole answer? Right. Right. So that's one piece of this thing. And I think your experience was, hey, this is an important piece right now <laughs> for the the anxiety and the obsessive thoughts. right? So that's a, an important piece. Um, next step. The kind of the behavioral stuff. It sounds like your therapist was talking about... Um, what's the word that he said again? Let go of the...
0: Let the logic in.
2: Let the logic in. So Let that's that's kind of that's kind of like a version of cognitive behavioral therapy. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. So,
0: so I've actually I've got a book. Okay. And I don't remember where I put it, which probably isn't. <laughs> I, I probably should know where it is, right? <laughs> um, it's a green book, though. Work, that doesn't help. I can go. Look, I'll go look, keep book. Talking, I'll look for
2: I'll So, part of what cognitive behavioral therapy does is you have a cognition, I thought. And your example of the backstop mm-hmm. is it's, a, it's an intrusive thought, and then it becomes more intense, and mm-hmm. then you, you kind of feed it. Yeah. right. So what cognitive behavioral therapy does, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. What cognitive behavioral therapy does is go, okay, what's a more alternative reality-based thought? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Here's a thought I don't like. What's a reality alternative thought? Let me fuel that one, and then ultimately it'll change my behavior. hmm That's what CBT is all about. Okay. That's good, but that's one piece of what could help you. Mm -hmm. But you guys both have experience of, I get the logic, it doesn't stop. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah, because we're,
1: like, (laughs) the thing is, like, I I like to consider myself a somewhat intelligent person. um, And not, and it's funny for me, because, like, a lot of this stuff didn't start until adulthood. Like, when I was a kid, I don't really remember having these, uh, or at least something that I remember. But. You know, as an adult, and I really started after my, after my mother died. So my father passed away first. But when my mother died, I was kind of like an orphan. That's kind of when it really intensified. But the first thing, the first episode of it was really. I mean, there's a whole. If I thought, think back, there's a whole bunch of little ones, but
2: that's one the, a big one. Yeah, but one of the one of the bigger ones. um To so say that again, right? You, re- you remember that kind of. Obsessive anxiety, anxiety thoughts when your mother died, and why do you think that happened? Maybe because I felt alone. You or- certainly felt emotions, right? yeah. And yeah. what emotions did you feel? Sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Keep Maybe. going. Um, you can you can uh, piggyback off of them if you had a loved one died, especially a parent. Well, Sadness. Well, yeah, so
1: there's probably some anger in there. Okay, um, I can
2: relate to that. Yeah.
1: Like, and my mother had some some mental uh, health issues. Sure. That, Affected me as a kid That yeah. I didn't know Because when you're a kid You don't know it um, There was also some uh, Fear a little, f- yep, yep A little bit of guilt Probably yep. because Oh well maybe if I had been there More for her Then she yep. wouldn't have,
2: You know and You see the internalization Right yeah. you're internalizing Wait a minute What's my role in here Did I break Good The now, guilt the Guilt's a big one Yeah For, for me Now how like, old were you When you're uh, Let's see Give if or I'm, take Let's see I think It was five years ago So like Late thirties. Okay. You're in your late thirties. Yeah. Did anyone h- help you process through that?
1: Not professionally.
2: <laughs> yeah. That
0: was just, Hey, Me. you didn't go see anybody.
1: No, yeah. I got business to take care of because then I had to deal with All the right, estate. Now we're, now we're talking about something. Yeah. So I had to deal with yeah. her estate, which she died intestate, So there's no will. Well, you had a lot um, of work to do. Yeah. My Kept father, when my father passed away, my mother never wrapped up his affairs. So I had to then do two estates,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was in a, another state. That's stressful. That was six hours away. Mm. So dealing with different laws in a different state, and probably a whole
2: house to take care of too. Yep. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it was. There was a lot of
0: uncomfortable th- emotions. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. One of the things that, I don't know if you felt this then like I did. So when my dad passed, one of the things I remember feeling was lost. Because you didn't have the like, well, I didn't. I, I didn't have the person I went to for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so like, you, you definitely like you definitely feel lost when you when you lose a parent that you're kind of close to. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know another word for it but lost.
2: And let's generalize or even stereotype. Boys and men are taught, what, at a young age, socially, culturally. With d- internal internal Internalize it, deal you, with it, you keep added, going. Right? And especially if we're not taught that by our father figures particularly, what's going to happen when these big emotions come? Don't handle them, right? Yeah. yeah. So d- so depression comes in one or two forms frequently. I get numb or apathy, or eventually it's going to come out somehow, maybe in an anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's common. Yeah.
1: Because I never it's, its when my mother died. I don't—I didn't shed a tear. Mm-hmm. It was, let's get down to business. Mm-hmm. Let's let's we have a like I said we have the estate to take care of. We have to get this house ready to sell. What do I do? Do I walk away from? Because I could have. Yep. I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for all the work that went into it, you know, and then there was so, there was that whole whole thing of, you know, but really. Let's bury these emotions deep down where they belong.
2: we got to cope somehow. Yeah.
1: And, you know, the one thing in dealing with, with, with my anxiety or the, the thing is like, and I notice the danger of it, when I, when I have a couple drinks, it completely goes away. And I can see where people rely on that. But I'm, I'm smart enough to know like, hey, I can't just kill this with alcohol. Yeah. So it works. It works yeah. really well. That's the yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah, because um, then you're like, no, oh, it's all be like you're fine, you yeah. know. Um, so and I'm smart enough to be like, okay, I can't spend the rest of my life like wasted because mm-hmm. it makes the you know these stupid. And when I tell my wife what, she's like, you're worried about that? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? And in my head, I know that's the correct answer, you know. But you think, you know, I. I used to love flying. I, I still love airplanes. Anyone listen to the podcast know I love airplanes. But later on in adulthood, I get on a jet and I was convinced that this airplane was going to crash. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that happened after we had kids. Because before, it's just me and my wife, like, yeah, or just me, like, whatever. But I know how airplanes work. I know how, <laughs> I mean, I could, I've spent so much flight simulator time, like, I could tell you the flap setting speeds and, mm-hmm you know, the V-speeds of, of a 737.
2: You know too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I don't know enough to, like, it's, I know enough to be like, that. does that sound right? Whereas a normal person not even hearing that, mm-hmm. did that flap retract the right way? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, someone, I know enough to get myself in trouble, but not enough to get myself out of it. So.
0: Speaking of alcohol, though, we are both drinking a a whiskey called Redemption Bourbon. And can I pour you a drink? i I'm allergic. Are you?
2: I break out in handcuffs <laughs> my, <laughs> the reason why I'm surprised, my mother's allergic to alcohol. Well, I break out in handcuffs. That's how I'm allergic. so <laughs> I have an adverse or negative reaction. I, I've been sober for coming up in seventeen years. Oh, I just picked up what handcuffs. Made. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, see i got a rough
2: break. Yeah I did not no like handcuffs Oh that must be like eyes oh, my- or something on, the,
0: <laughs> on your wrist right? I, I can understand well, that, sure.
2: And an allergy, I have an abnormal reaction when I drink. So I it, stopped drinking after my felony charge when I was 20 years old. So so you have a fun story back So then. there's there's some, some <laughs> stories in there. So, well, yeah, I know what so it's far. like coping with alcohol, for sure. <laughs> I apologize for offering you the drink. <laughs> hey, 17 years in, yeah. I'm around it. It's all good. I, uh, <laughs> you know, they always say,
0: yeah, it's polite not to offer the recovering alcoholic a drink. And
2: what I do? <laughs> Hey, I got I got three bottles of whiskey in front of you. Hey, if, if <laughs> want <you're> not, some? <laughs> if you're not getting sober to be a part of life, then then what, why do yeah, why do it? So yeah. yeah, I mean, luckily for me, like I'll I'll do
0: two like two of these tonight. I'm I'm done for another probably two weeks until I see you again. Yeah. Um, and then every once in a while, when the, when the weather gets warmer,
2: we'll we'll smoke a cigar outside yeah. and have one. Hey, I listen to the podcast. I know this is part of your new hobby, so enjoy, <laughs> my friends. <laughs> enjoy. Well, 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 and so we're gonna, I
0: mean, we're gonna veer a little bit here, because since we're talking about alcohol and it, it how it's used for coping, a podcast Mike listens to. You listen to this guy, is it Huberman? Andrew Huberman. Andrew Huberman. Huberman. Yeah. So he just had somebody on, and I can't remember who it was. And they were talking about, I guess there's a new study out saying that no alcohol is good for you now. Like before, like there was like some alcohol is good for you, like a a glass of wine at night is good for you. Um, Basically, it was like the whole moderation is fine, right? But now, apparently, the study says that any alcohol is bad for you. And I'm like, well, geez. And and I was equating this to like what we were talking about with the fitness gurus in the last episode if you're someone who's just trying to, you're just navigating through life. Like you can't be an expert on everything. I'm not a doctor. I'm not looking at medical journals. I'm not looking at studies all the time. Uh, Or or like you, I'm not looking into the the specs of an aircraft before I step on it. Right. (laughs) Not everyone, like not everyone has time to read into everything. So I'm like, Oh, whiskey. Great hobby. Let's go do it. Great. Uh, we'll, and we'll cut the carbs by not having so many beers. That'd be great. This is fun. Um, like, tonight, the, these whiskeys will have no carbs for our for our new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Instead of 10 to 30 beers, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, the other thing, I mean, 10, what? For me, I would have probably been five beers at 100 pop. That's 500 calories. No, this is I two whiskeys, and I'm at, what, de- 230 calories. Depending on how long we're here, Right. I'm looking at,
2: like, on a... You guys are not just larger. You're bigger guys in general. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're taller guys, <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. 10.
0: Right. But... <laughs> Whereas this, yeah, cutting calories, cutting carbs, great fits in fits into in the lifestyle. Now here it, it's all shit and it's all bad for me. Well, what the fuck? You know, I, I, I've kind of come across this. Like, look, there are vices in life, right? I'm going to have some. Now, are there people that don't have any? Sure.
2: I I disagree with that, but well, I guess it depends on the vice, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, some people yeah. like <laughs> some people, and
0: it all depends on what you consider a vice. Some people consider a woman's shoe collection a vice. Mm. Cause you spend a ton of money on shoes that you probably don't need. Me, it's cars. I buy one every now and then just for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> but I don't buy clothes. I don't do that. I don't do ten other things. But that's what I do. Um, I like to gamble. We've had that on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you, you don't gamble, right? And it's, I don't see anything wrong with gambling. I'm just
1: first of all, I'm I don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I'm really bad at it. So so you learn. You I learn shouldn't be it. doing it. This is something I shouldn't be doing. <laughs>
0: but, the, but the weird thing is, though, like you listen to that podcast or someone who drinks like this very casually listens to that podcast and like shit. Now I can't like it's almost like it, your brain will go into guilt mode. And we talked yeah. about guilt two seconds ago. It's like, well, shit, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do like all the vices in the world are shit now. Well, I think we knew that anyway, but I'm going to have yeah. them.
2: Well, it's kind of like a, a glass of wine or two glasses of wine. Is there probably other healthier ways to get your antioxidants? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, but you know, let's get rid of the obvious one. Right? So there, there's a reason why four to five drinks and X amount of time is considered binge drinking. There's a medical reason for that. We've got this organ, the liver, mm-hmm. and if you drink X amount in X amount of time, the liver does a couple hundred different things. It stops doing every single one of those things almost completely except one. Processing alcohol? Get rid of the alcohol process, Mm -hmm. break it down. Which means at that level, it's a poison. And when people saw me at Tranquility Woods when I was a clinical director, when they're in detox, D-E, remove, D-tox, detox, you're poisoning yourself. Mm -hmm. It breaks the blood-brain barrier, and you start damaging your brain. So whether it's alcohol that way, whether it's smoking through the lungs through the brain, whether it's IV in the blood, whether it's snoring it through your nose, you start damaging your organs and your brain. Well, that's an issue. So that's yeah, obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But I think we sensationalize everything. Hey, if, you, if you're actually socially drinking or having fun every once in a while, rock and roll, I break out in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I have an, like, let me say it's an allergic reaction. To me, an allergy is another way to say abnormal reaction. If I'm allergic to bees and my arm swells up, I'm not going to be chasing down bees and trying to sting myself with bees. But when I have negative things happen to me when I drink, maybe not every time, but too much, and I keep going back to it because of that obsession, Mm -hmm. well, that's an issue. You guys, with your anxiety, the obsessive thoughts, you stop doing it or you Mm -hmm. try to. Me with alcohol, I didn't stop. (laughs) That's the difference. (laughs) And some people have a hard time going, Ah, I didn't get a DUI every time. Then I can't have a problem and that's where some people see me for that. Yeah. So imbibe, gentlemen. <laughs> Cheers. So
0: this this one is redemption bourbon. And so I just finished mine. I didn't pour that much of it. But I thought it was good. Yeah. So I'm I'm at
1: it's so mellow, I'm drinking it neat. Aren't no, you? yeah.
0: That's the first time I've seen you drink it neat. Yeah. Or any whiskey neat. Yeah. So, this thing is 88 proof, so it's not the strongest we've had on here. Right. But it's not the weakest. Mm -mm. Um, 44% alcohol by volume. So, it's like, that seems to be where our sweet spot is, like, right in that 90 range. Yeah. Um, Which, we're going to try another one in the next episode, which I think is a little bit
2: stronger. Do you feel you're acclimating? And what I mean by that, I remember the first time you weren't a whiskey or a bourbon drinker. No, and it felt like after that first drink, yeah, you felt like oh, I could taste it, or it didn't have that kick, or it burn.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of like what this was. It always seems like the first, the first sip, Gets it's you. A, it's almost not enjoyable, <laughs> but then all the subsequent ones are fine. Yeah. It's like you've burned off something on the on the yeah. tongue <laughs> to like yeah, and like now okay, now it's ready. Yeah, like,
1: well, so it's it's so to smoke. Uh-huh. And when I first started smoking, I would cough. And, and I remember the, the first time I ever smoked a cigarette, I was visiting my buddy. He went to AU. And we went down and we went going from his dorm to try to go to some party or some, probably trying to find girls, some mm-hmm. nonsense that we weren't going to accomplish. And he was smoking cigarettes. And I always dogged him out for it. Mm-hmm. So he offered me, I was like, yeah, I'll have one. He's like, what? And I, and I just coughed. I was like, oh, how could anyone do this? And my dad smoked. I couldn't stand the smell of it. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, with the aid of the <laughs> the, the questionable judgment that alcohol, uh-huh. <laughs> on, I started smoking one, and then I eventually turned into smoking all the time. And I didn't cough anymore. In fact, I'd cough if I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, and I I quit because my father passed away from lung cancer, mm. and that's what made me quit. So mm. when I, it's probably like that. Like eventually, you you smoke that cigarette and you stop coughing.
0: Mm-hmm. I heard smoking weeds like that. I don't know from personal experience, but I heard. <laughs> well, let me tell you, <laughs> somebody. It's somebody like told that. Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I heard it through the rumor mill. I can't. Not that I can do that <laughs> for anyone listening. Again, these words are my own and don't represent my employer whatsoever. Yeah. Entret- so, entertainment purposes. <laughs> entertainment purposes only. Yeah, no, I. I yeah. The, <laughs> I'm to stop there before I get myself
1: in <laughs> trouble. But yeah, so so Huberman, I, he did a podcast on every vice.
2: Hmm.
1: So not every vice, but he did caffeine. He did nicotine. He did he did THC. He did alcohol, and that pretty much covers the the yeah. big commonly used legal ones. Yeah. And um Alcohol essentially, what he said was what his findings were, and was that there it's not um, like any benefit you get from it is outweighed by the negative you get from it. Mm -hmm. And the habitual consumption of alcohol leads to all of these bad things happening from your, you know, metabolic health, stuff in your liver, mental health, your brain function, all kinds of things that are brought on by mm-hmm. alcohol and something okay well what's I'm not a habitual mm. drinker that's a that's an alcoholic that's not me mm. but then when you defined it I was like oh crap that is me <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that definition yeah <laughs> so and really much what it was was it was any more than two drinks a day whether you that volume now whether you don't drink it all and you save it all up for Friday night and you like binge on friday night so you take your 14 drinks you had all week and you have them on friday night mm-hmm. or to, that's habitual consumption i was like damn <laughs> you <laughs> just ruined that one for me but i tried to knock the beer drinking back because that was my thing just from the health reason of it yeah. because it's just a ton of calories yeah. that i don't need they're empty worthless calories because that's the, his other point was there's no nutritional value to it you know you might as well eat
2: It's a poison.
1: Yeah, and that's really what it is. Like, some people, and I think there's some chemical that your body develops that allows people to get intoxicated and enjoy it. Some people can't, their body doesn't develop that, so they just get sick. They feel the effects of the poison right off the break, so they just don't drink. Yeah. And there are certain cultures that have it, don't have it, and that's where they're kind of thinking that some of this, you know, people think that certain... Cultures are more susceptible to alcoholism. Like mm-hmm. maybe they're more or less of this, and I can't remember. The name. It's some long word that I'm too dumb to pronounce. Mm-hmm. So let,
2: let's spin back into mental health, though, real quick. Let me connect that to the mental health. Go right ahead. Right. Ahead. So, for example, there could be patterns of why people have a certain quote unquote drug of choice. People with high anxiety might like alcohol or benzos more because it affects a similar brain receptor right so xanax lowers your anxiety benzodiazepines ativan stuff like that i have a prescription for xanax i'm scared shitless of it so your brain can't tell the difference between liquid alcohol and solid alcohol what i mean by it's the same receptor the gaba receptor so for some people oh yeah, maybe that's why I take the alcohol a little bit more. My brain chemistry might work better to, whew, depressant. It slows down your nervous system. One now, of many reasons potentially.
0: Yeah. With the Xanax, I'm extremely. Uh, I, I'm downright scared of that drug. Good.
2: However, <laughs> Good. it works. It works for a plane ride. Right? So yeah. it works yeah. for a panic attack. Yeah, it, it's it, what it's
0: designed for. And, and for me, like I will, like I use it uh I'll take it like two hours before a flight, and I take one of like I, I it's the lowest dose you can get mm-hmm. and I'm a big guy it probably i can't imagine it does a whole lot going through my blood system because <laughs> I'm the weight that I am, but I take it and I'm able to get through the flight now for me it's not the flight itself. It's the anticipation of getting to to and on the plane. Build up. Yep. It, I've, I've had it since I was in my late teens. It's the anticipatory anxiety. Mm-hmm. Once I'm in the situation or in the shit, I'm usually fine. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we talked about like when I, so I played college sports and it was like a running gag that I would always have to take the worst smelling crap before a game. <laughs> and it was just exploding right <laughs> but then once i got in the game i was generally fine like yeah. whatever was on my brain the anxiety part of it shut down so so for me it's like once once the plane takes off once we're like once i know we're not going to be stuck on a tarmac um i only got probably an hour an hour and a half in the air mm-hmm. all the anxiety goes away i'm done mm-hmm um if I do have anxiety it's because I'm worried I might have to use the bathroom on the plane and I don't fit in it. So that's a different thing but I'm not worried about the flight anymore. Mm-hmm. And then once we land I it's it, it's almost like um it's it's almost like a huge dopamine rush. Like I just feel so relaxed and so happy mm-hmm. once I'm there because it's all over. Mm-hmm. And
2: so it, it's it's strange in that, yeah, that effect. That's the definition of anxiety. <laughs> is there a great... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are talking about symptoms and behaviors of anxiety and going, okay, so you see this, you see the logical part of this, but part of the issue now is how can I minimize this? How can I stop that? Medication is a very effective way. Or... Abusing <laughs> can also be effective way. Right. And part of what therapy can do is, like, okay, what else can I have healthy control over to, to stop this, like I said, holistically? I'll give you one example. I, without identifying information, someone had just panic attacks. And, uh, man, I, I keep having these panic attacks and don't know why. It was random with, with friends gambling, right? And it was at the barber shop, and he couldn't figure it out. And we actually looked at his childhood, and he remembered a time where, long story short, felt abandoned by his father, and he didn't know if he was ever going to see his dad again. Ooh, that's a traumatic event. So then we looked at that and began to go, how did that affect him moving forward? And he didn't have a sense of control or a feel of abandonment, and that kind of evolved into anxiety for him in different ways so we began to heal that part of self this is parts of self-work how his his father that left him and his mother couldn't heal that but how could he heal his childhood self that kind of lives up that's another form of therapy parts of self-work but so there's more than one way to skin a cat (laughs) so then in the very beginning we
0: talked about um How men and women were different, and how, and what their anxieties are. Are there different triggers for men and women, or do they just react to the same triggers differently?
2: What's that book? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Right, right. right, From I don't know, nineties or something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's look at the brain again. There's uh, a belief that women have a large, larger frontal cortex, cerebral cortex, responsible for ration, logic reason decision making so often they see not the bigger picture right and what do we often do the here and now what's going on how do we fix problem solve Mm -hmm. stuff like that so there can be a brain difference also hormonal differences our cycle with hormones testosterone progesterone are daily 24-hour cycles women's hormones are on a 30-day cycle Mm -hmm. So, we could be stereotyping or generalizing built different in that way. So, the obsessive compulsiveness can be different in terms of worry, problem, solution for men, and and they could see the, the bigger picture and with their worry sometimes. So it's a possibility. Yeah. What do y'all think of that? <laughs> or did I not simplify it enough? No, that got deep. <laughs> that,
0: that, you just got right into there. That leaned more into like medical uh-huh. than dumbass podcast right there. <laughs> so, look, for all you people out there that yeah, do we, we bring this shit to the table, that was deep. <laughs> we got into it. Um, and so, if there are any ladies listening... Well, let me you give you another
2: example. <laughs> A lot of times I get calls from wives or mothers about their sons or husbands. And they say, hey, so-and-so needs to see you. Okay, well, they could make the call, but often the the, the, the woman who... Our forward thinkers, are rational, logic oriented. See a lot of things complexly in a complex way. They'll make the call, and then I get the husband or the son. And they go, "What do you want to work on?" I don't know. <laughs> Meaning that emotional awareness isn't quite there for some of the reasons we already talked about, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, because well, I know like how many men out there, and I'm not even just mental health, but like physical health. Has their trip to the doctor been initiated or encouraged or demanded by their wife? So, like, I'll hobble around on a bad knee for weeks, whereas my <laughs> wife will do it for a day and she's going to the doctor. And then she looks at me, she's like, when well, you go to the doctor, stop. Like, she was so proud of me. I had, a, I had plantar fasciitis. That hurts. Which, oh, especially in the morning. Oh, it is. And it, it's the dumbest injury. Like, when I was young, my injuries were caused by cool stuff, like playing ice hockey or, like, yeah. motorcycles or, like, you know, what, a, you know. Uh, but now they're caused by, like, well, how'd you do that? I got out of bed wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, I sneezed the wrong way. But she was so proud of me because I actually called the and went to the psychiatrist on my own. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. tell, I tried to fix it myself for a while. It doesn't work. I tried to, I went to Dr. Google. <laughs> did Doc- you
2: do the ice water bottle on your foot?
1: Oh, I did all stretches. That's <laughs> funny because some of the stuff I did on my own, my podiatrist actually told me to do. Yeah. Um, but also the cortisone shots helped, mm-hmm. and the insoles in my shoes helped, and stuff that I wouldn't have done on my own. Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot of times men, like we won't even
0: initiate. Take like, care
2: of ourselves. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Right. Sometimes though it's like we don't make I I'm not gonna I don't want to generalize, but I'm going to. We don't make the household schedule either though. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-mm. So if we're gonna call and we gotta fit it into the household schedule that we're not making. So for all I know, in the back of her mind she's got something she hadn't put on there yet. So if I make a doctor's appointment and she's got something going on, well now I gotta change the appointment. So that because like, that's more of a hassle, right? Like, I'll just deal with the pain. Like I got, like, I got this thing going on with my back. That's yeah, fine. I'll be all right. It'll go away. Yeah. You know, I don't want. I don't want to. Like I look at like our, our March calendar, and it, it, like so our our calendar, our shared calendar is green. The green events. It's all green. Mm-hmm. There's there are no white in there. So like, <laughs> all right. What am I gonna What am I gonna go fit this in? Um. So that part of it's like convenience, right? It's like, I don't want to deal with it. Like, I, I, I'm i not going to deal with this.
2: And that kind of goes back to the the, the cultural norms of put your bootstraps on. I'll be all right. Right. Yeah, yeah so, suck it up. Suck it up.
1: And I think that's, and you know, one of the encouraging things, I think, that people are starting to look at mental health as not a weakness. So, you know, like, say our parents. Um, my parents were baby boomers. Mm. Their parents came from the, you know, Depression, World War II generation. If a boy or a young man went to their dad's like, Dad, I'm just feeling sad. Yeah. Suck it up, butter. Like, what the hell's the matter with you? You're not a man. Like, so you just bury it and move on. Yep. And now, at least, I think that people are more willing to be like, Hey, I need a, you know. And I always draw the the, the comparison like if I, if there's something wrong with my heart and I. There are a bunch of dumbass dudes, and I said, Man, I think I have a pain in my chest. would be like, Go to the doctor, you idiot. Dumbass. Like, come right, on. Idiot. What are you doing? But yeah. if I was like, Man, I'm just feeling down, like, What the mm. fuck's the matter with you? Mm-hmm. Suck it up. <laughs> you know? And that's. But I think a lot of men now are starting to come around, like, You know, hey, there's nothing wrong with.
2: Why do you guys think that's beginning to happen? I
0: got some ideas. So I think part of it is the public messaging. Out, is is now more out there and because people have more access to public messaging that's a I, huge thing i mean you think about it everyone has some sort of social media mm-hmm. it is what it is whether you're on facebook for marketplace or whether you're on um instagram or or whatever you're on you're probably you've probably just kind of scrolled by some psa about mental health or what I, what I think they've gotten really, really uh, correct with, with is the messaging. And as much as I hate to say influencers, they're using people that have a lot of outreach to kids, not necessarily our age, but with like teenagers to be okay going to a therapist. Like, it, it, that's the messaging. It's like, get help. Get help. Here's the here's the phone number. Here's the phone number. It's a constant. I, I equate it to the old see something, say something campaign. Mm-hmm. Like, that was everywhere. Mm-hmm. You couldn't step on a train platform and not see that mm-hmm. until.
1: Oh, they used to put uh, it on the, you know, uh, the. Automated overhead, the automatic announcements at airports, train stations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you'd hear it all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. if you see something, say something. Don't leave your bags around, you know. Mm -hmm.
0: So I I think there's been the messaging of it. Um, Plus now they're also amplifying the effects of poor mental health. There's more education on that. Like now there's more. Well, there's just there's more messaging about people affected by suicide. Right, and not that that's the only downfall of mental poor mental health, but
2: it's an pe- important one to, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> to but highlight. I
0: want to say people are now more aware yeah. that this isn't you know this isn't the one thing that happens to like one kid in your high school, and it, 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 there's there's more to it than that. Like there's more people out there that are suffering from this, and and back what you were talking about with what, if you were around a group of five guys, you said you know I'm kind of you know kind of in my brain about this. The old message was, "Suck it up," yeah. and now it's like, either either people just shy away from it and don't talk about it, but you usually get one or two people that are like, even if they don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it with you, like you'll get one that will be like, "Hey man, what's up?" Or you'll you'll get one or two of them that says, "Hey look, you know, I had that same issue. You should probably go talk to a therapist. I did. You know, they're they're
2: not afraid to say that they got help." Yeah, that's the second part. People are more aware and we're not in the, the, I call it the veil or the the denial like we used to be. I mean, gosh, 70s, 80s, 90s, grunge, addicts were the thing. Past 10 years, mental health and recovery and music and Hollywood, that's a huge thing now. Mm -hmm. It's a huge thing. And that's the good thing about social media. Yeah, there's a bunch of negative but you, you can have a good algorithm too, that he, you can have yeah. a good light on it. I mean, gosh, Michael Phelps, you've got all these people that talk about well, therapy for men. Get get the help you need. Yeah. Well, that's I what I was talking about with influencers, though. Like yeah, Michael exactly. Phelps is an influencer. Exactly.
0: And to have him out there, like putting it out
2: there, yeah. especially as an athlete, mm-hmm. like, and admitting that he thought about suicide and that became an option. Yeah. 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 This is kind of a, a, a passionate thing about my career. I, I've created a drug and alcohol awareness program for when I was at a student in a university. I'm um, working with this international union, uh, a peer support program, and they've literally called me and said, hey, can you help design a program with us? Said, sure. What do you want to do? Change the culture of construction. You want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> but. They're doing that. They're being proactive with their, their apprenticeship. They're they're giving them things in their first three years, the peer support programs, what services that you do have, and having these these men and a small percentage of women. When I teach this class, and it's for all of North America, and I've got these 30 people, every single one in this room that I'm teaching a peer support program with, every single one of them is either in recovery themselves with substance use, have been directly affected by suicide someone close to them and their family or close to them or have mental health themselves. Everyone is affected by this. The difference is we're just not kind of shoving it down and in denial of it. That's that, that's the big difference.
0: That's probably a perfect place to end this show. For anyone out there who needs help, get help. I'm going to post the uh, the state of Maryland phone numbers. I believe they're out there, plus the website. There's plenty. Uh, Department of, I believe it's Department of Mental Health,
2: or is it just Department of yeah. Health? You can State call just like 911. There's 9888. 9-8-8. If you have a mental health crisis and it's not a 911 crisis, you'll talk to someone who's trained, whether it's, yeah, sure, suicide or suicidal thoughts, but it can be depression, anxiety, grief, whatever it is that uh, that you feel it's to the level of a crisis. Give them a call, and there's someone in your local region or even county I will pick that up, and that just re- recently rolled out a couple months ago.
1: That's good information. Cause, and one thing when so when we had uh, my sister in law was on. She's a clinical social worker. Um, so I I always like to try to end these. What well, we did it with her, like, if you're someone who's never aside from ninety eight, if you're someone who's never been, you you real you recognize that you need to speak to somebody, but you've never done it, like. What's how would someone in that position go through like, like if you just real quick go over the process of it so that if there's somebody out there that's listening they're like, okay, I'm not going to show up and get get put in a straight jacket. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Once again, those are the stigmas. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I'll do a plug since you guys are so kind and have plugged mine. But (laughs) there's by the time this episode's out, we did an episode called Why Go to Therapy. And it's about the stigmas and the things that prevent us from doing it. But, you know, I'm fortunate enough in my own practice that I, I talk to him for five, ten minutes. And then half of the stigma before you're in front of me and we're talking are already gone. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting the shit with you as a guy, let alone someone with letters behind my name. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of it. You know, one of the things that I really liked when I was at the VA and I worked with the suicide prevention team, um, they had a bunch of magnets. It was at Perry Point and it said it takes the courage and the strength of a warrior to ask for help well that kind of changes the perspective of getting that kind of help that we really want or need whether it's to the level of anxiety depression or to the level of something more significant quote-unquote significant of gosh do i even want to be here Mm. and anything in between yeah yeah
0: well on that note Thank you to Cheers and Spirits
2: <laughs> for sponsoring this episode. I love it
0: for all your uh, for all your alcohol needs. Uh, not your maybe you don't need or want as much alcohol after this episode. If there's However, a, if there is a party, you might need it. Great, so or, it makes a great gift. Or if you are just go. sitting around yeah. talking with some friends and you want to pop one back, Cheers and Spirits is the place to go. Uh, that's where Mike got this Redemption Bourbon. Uh, Cheers and Spirits in the Arnold Plaza in Arnold, Maryland. Um, we'll put a link to their Facebook page below. Uh, uh, Therapist, a Buddhist and you is Luke's podcast with Zama. When, when do you guys release episodes? Every Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. So you got on the same schedule we do. Yeah. So look at that. You can download you know two apps. You can download ours, download theirs.
2: I lied. It's Monday,
0: Monday oh, morning. Oh no. okay. <laughs> Mondays.
2: Who does, who's doing stuff on Mondays? Well, that's why I did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. To, yeah.
0: So sure. download theirs on Monday. Ours on Tuesday. And you got a nice, uh, Two hours worth of show to listen to from that. There you go. Um, try th- oh, the last day for the contest. Uh, follow us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe on YouTube and like our Facebook page. Uh, if you do all three, you're entered into the contest. You don't have to send us a note. Um, but you can always send us a note and say hi. And trying to think, did I forget anything? com. Yep. Smash that like button. Smash it. <laughs> Get on that. Um, yeah. If you do need any, uh, if you do need any mental health help, uh, I'll put, uh, the, I'll put the link to Luke's web, uh, website in the description as well. I'll also put the, any, uh, Maryland State, uh, support systems out there. Uh, I'll also put that in the description below. Uh, 988 is a, uh, Emergency helpline for mental health, if you need it. And we will see you next time.